hello, and welcome to episode 158 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. Today, in honor of Menopause Awareness Month and celebrating World Menopause Day earlier this week, I have an episode about menopause. Specifically today, we're going to talk about menopause belly. And it might not be the conversation you might expect. Let's go. Well, hello, my podcast friends. Today, well, this month actually is Menopause Awareness Month. And just earlier this week, it was World Menopause Awareness Day. Well, take the awareness out, World Menopause Day, which brings with it the uh, purpose of making people more aware of menopause, making better solutions, better healthcare options, um, improving the quality of life that we as women in menopause and perimenopause have available to us. So really excited to have conversations around menopause this month more so than usual. Although you know with me, I'm always up for conversation around menopause. And that's what today's discussion is about. And I thought of many different things that I could talk about, but based on conversations I've been having in my Aging Stronger Society membership, conversation questions I was asked on um, Instagram and conversations I had at an event I attended last weekend. As part of Menopause Awareness Month, I went to Dallas with the company Womenus. They um, create products for women in menopause, and they invited me to be a speaker on a panel at uh, their menopositivity event in Dallas. They're doing a menopositivity tour this month all over the country. And so I came as a speaker on the panel as a fitness and nutrition expert. It was a really great experience. And we talked about the topic of menopause belly. And this comes up a lot. And that is what I want to tackle today. Now, there are multiple perspectives around our menopausal midsections, and some are complete nonsense. And others definitely have some validity, but they just don't, in my opinion, give a complete picture. They're lacking nuance. So I want to start by getting the BS out of the way straight off. So anyone claiming that they found the hack for getting rid of belly fat or anyone that promotes belly blaster protocols or any kind of supplement designed to reduce belly fat is either after your money, doesn't know what they're talking about, or both. People will prey on our insecurities for money. They, they always have. And menopause is big business right now. There are 50 million women in the US alone right now who are in menopause. And I read a statistic just this week in a trade publication that by 2025, the menopause space will be a $600 billion market, $600 billion market. We have to be savvy and well-educated so that we come from a position of knowledge and strength and can spot the BS because we are on the radar of companies in a big way. And in some ways, this is sure to be beneficial. We have real symptoms, real struggles and problems that need solutions. And if companies put money into helping us with those and providing real value, awesome. But of course, some people will just see us as huge flashing dollar signs, right? Ladies, it's really important to know that weight loss, fat loss is not going to be helped by a supplement. Don't fall for it. Okay, so moving on to perspectives that aren't in that BS category, right? We're kind of setting that aside. 
but still things which I feel lack a bit of nuance. I don't tell the full story. So earlier this week, a popular midlife influencer who I don't know personally and whom I actually quite enjoy, I think she's lovely, and I think overall puts out a good message. She made a post earlier this week or late last week uh, condemning the term menobelly, saying it's derogatory and comparing it to terms like bingo wings, right? Basically, her point is that it isn't a scientific term or medical term, so we shouldn't be using it. It's dumbing down our language. And her point about not speaking down to women is so important. Absolutely critical. I just don't agree that calling the extra abdominal fat that comes along with menopause calling that meno belly is doing that because why can't we call a spade a spade? So many women don't even realize that it's a thing. So they're noticing their body is changing. Specifically, they're noticing that they're carrying more fat in their midsections, but they aren't aware that it's connected to menopause. And it can be really disconcerting. Putting a name to it and explaining what is actually happening, I find can help. And I don't think that menopause belly is derogatory, right? It's not like we made up some weird cutesy name for it. It's our, what's happening to our belly because of menopause. So what is happening? Well, it's a change in our fat storage pattern that happens as the amount of estrogen in our bodies declines. Excess fat tends to be stored more in our midsection. Whereas before this decline in estrogen, you may have stored excess fat more in other places, your glutes and your thighs, for example, or you may have stored it more evenly across your body. But now if you are in perimenopause, in menopause, it is shifting to your midsection. Okay. The second perspective I hear about menopause belly is that you just need to work harder. Now, I do like that this approach is explaining that you can, in fact, lose menopause belly fat. Do you hear Rocky? My dog Rocky is barking and growling. I'm not sure what he's staring off. It always, it always freaks me out a bit when my dogs stare off into the distance at what appears to be nothing to me and start growling. Because <laughs> I wonder, like, what, what do they see that I don't see? So hopefully Rocky will get it together here. Okay, so as I was saying, I like that this approach of you just need to work harder is explaining that you can, in fact, lose menopause belly fat. It's so important to know that you are not destined to have belly fat no matter what you do. You can lose it. How do you lose it, you might ask? By the same method you lose fat anywhere else on your body. It's a sustained calorie deficit. Now, people promote this message of you just need to try harder. They're not wrong about the fact that it can be hard to lose that belly fat. We absolutely cannot choose where on our body the fat comes from as we lose fat. So even if we really want to lose belly fat, we might lose face fat, boob fat, butt fat, all of those places first, because spot reducing isn't a thing. So we cannot target belly fat specifically, even with ab exercises, that burning feeling you have when you do ab exercises, that is not fat burning. Ab exercises are awesome to build a strong core. And just like anywhere else in your body, if you want definition, you want to build muscle, but you're not going to see that definition unless and until you remove the layer of fat on top of the muscle. And that would happen through your nutrition, through that calorie deficit. Now there is a level of precision to your nutrition that is necessary to lose the last five or 10 pounds, 
which for women in menopause and perimenopause is so often that belly fat. And the thing is losing those last five to 10 pounds can be lifestyle prohibitive. And this is where the you just need to try harder approach is lacking. Because the question I want to pose for you is to consider, is this worth it to me? And I'm not here to dictate the answer to that question to you, just to suggest that you consider it. Because as women of our generation, we have been, at least since our teenage years, if not before for many of us, taught that our weight is of utmost importance and that the pinnacle of fit and beautiful is a perfectly flat stomach. So asking yourself if it's worth it to you to lose that last five or 10 pounds of fat in your belly might never even occur to you because of course the goal is a flat stomach. Of course it is, it always has been. Now I do want to note that visceral fat, that fat deep inside around our organs as opposed to fat under our skin is not healthy for us. It's associated with a higher risk of cancer, heart disease, stroke, type two diabetes, and more. So not having too much visceral fat is important. How much is too much? Well, you can look at your waist to hip ratio as one useful indicator. And here's, I'm gonna tell you how you can do that. You're gonna get a tape measure, measure around your waist at your belly button, record that, and then measure around the widest part of your hips and record that, and then divide the waist size by the hip size to get your waist to hip ratio, okay? Following with that so far? Now the World Health Organization suggests that 0.85 or above is an unhealthy ratio for women. For men, it's 0.90 for men. And that for 1.0 for both men and women substantially increases the risk for health problems or is associated with a substantial risk increase of health problems. So as women, we're looking for that waist to hip ratio to be less than 0.85. Okay, so let's say you do that and you're not in a healthy range. Your hip to waist ratio is not in a healthy range looking to make changes to your diet and exercise can be key to you improving your health. But what if it's in that healthy range? What if you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not suggesting that you just have to accept it as it is, that you shouldn't want to change it. I think that the movement to push the idea that any intentional weight loss pursuit is disordered has missed the mark. It's okay to want to change your body. And at the same time, we have been force-fed our entire lives an image of beauty that is not reflective of most women. The standard we measure ourselves against is impossibly high. Even before menopause, how many of us didn't have a perfectly flat stomach and we chased it relentlessly or we beat ourselves up about not having one when in reality, most everyone else didn't have one either. Look, there are important organs in there, ladies. I once heard uh, Victoria Garrick. She's, she's a young whippersnapper. She's a podcaster and just kind of an all-around general influencer on TikTok and on Instagram. Uh, she came to prominence with her intuitive eating style posts, um, but now she posts about all kinds of things. Now, I love a TikTok she did, I don't know, I want to say several years ago. I feel like it was maybe during the pandemic. Uh, she responded to someone who had left a comment 
on one of her posts commenting on her belly by patting her tummy and saying something along the lines of, oh, I'm so sorry, but I can't carry my organs around in my pockets. So I have this handy little pouch that my body created to do that for me. And it's so funny because it's true. Like we forget there's stuff under there. There's important things under there that need a place to go and they need protection. Not to mention that genetics plays a role in how visible your abs are. Some people genetically will see visible abs at a higher body fat percentage. Our body structure plays a role. If you have a short torso, there's just less room there for things to go. And yet, despite all of those things, flat abs has been the standards. That has been the standard. What if, ladies, what if we were the generation to say enough? We don't want to spend the next three decades fighting for a flat stomach because we spent the last three doing that. We want to adventure and explore and relax and grow and change the world and not obsess over our bellies being bellies. What a gift to give ourselves. What a gift we could give to the rising generations as we model being healthy, fit, and vibrant while having bellies that are not the idealized flat stomach. It's something to think about. So for me, what's most important is twofold. One, that you get factually correct information about what is happening to your body so that you're educated and empowered to make whatever choice is best for you, for your health, your body, and your life. And then number two, giving you a fresh perspective on what an ideal belly can be. So I hope you got both of those things from this chat today. I would love it if you would DM me on Instagram and let me know, like, what did you think about this chat? Would love to hear from you. Hope this helps. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.